from here to there. We cannot go unless we change and start to grow. Welcome to Lead, Sell, Grow, a show that helps you amplify your leadership, grow your sales, and take your life to the next level, all while being human. Here are your hosts, Eric Konovalov and Harry Spate. Harry, how you doing today? Doing great, man. What's the good word? Oh, man, we got a really special guest today. Um, I'm so excited. So here's what I love most. I love most is the story of starting from the bottom as a loan officer for a mortgage company and growing his brand to be one of the top names that public figures and celebrities consider when they need their staffing, uh, when they need to staff their teams. I mean, I've seen him collaborating with Gary Vee, Ryan Serhan, Grant Cardone, just to name a few. Uh, he's the CEO of University Recruiters, the Jeffrey Agency, where he helps organizations find top talent, advises Fortune 100 and 500 companies on implementing the best hiring strategies, teaches them how to attract millennials and Gen Zers. He's an expert on LinkedIn. He's a no bullshit, tell you how it is type of coach and mentor to thousands of recruiters and job seekers. So without any further delay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Jeff Martin to the show. What's up, Jeff? Come on, baby. Good to be here. Good to see you guys. I mean, uh, you know, it's been a crazy couple weeks, but all we can do is keep moving, right? So I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, dude, that's, it's quite a story with you, man. When, when you were a loan officer just starting out, I'm assuming right out of college, did you ever think that you'd be having celebrities call you to help them with their staffing needs? Uh, no. Um, you know, I, I was a loan officer at a company that, that, that I love to this date. Um, they're actually one of my largest clients. So without them, right, you know, I may not even be here today, but I did not. Um, I did not. Now, if, if, if I thought I was going to get into recruiting, I would say yes, right? Because, you know, I, dream, I think of it, I dream it, and I get it. But um, I never in a million years, actually, I shouldn't say that, thought, you know, I'd go from loan officer to recruiter. Um, but I remember sitting there, and probably three years in, I had 15 years at this, 14 years at New Day USA, fresh out of school. And um, I remember one day going to the CEO, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm not trying to be an ass, but these people you're hiring suck. <laughs> and, and literally he said, great. Congrats, you run recruiting now. I'm like, I'm all in. <laughs> and I never look back. Now, New Day USA, for those folks who don't know, and obviously they're not promoting the show, but I know them very well as a veteran because they specialize in providing mortgages to veterans. Yeah. And the CEO, he was, was he a general or a colonel? Yeah, the chairman of the board was Admiral Tom Lynch, who ran the Naval Academy uh, for years. Got it. So, I mean, that takes some guts. So you're a, you're a loan processor to go to the CEO. And how old were you at the time, by the way? I was a loan officer, uh, probably 24. 24 years old. You go to the CEO and New Day, I mean, they're pretty big. I'm sure they're bigger today than they used to be, but they're not a small company. You go to the CEO and you say, you guys are messing up with the, with the hiring here. Yeah, it's like every bozo that comes through sucks. How, you know, my thing is this, right? When we talk about recruiting is you're only as good as your people, 
right? Like I could be the greatest recruiter, CEO mind in the world. I'm not shit without my team, right? You know, Josh and Mark and Matt, like, you know, and, and I kept seeing these people coming in and I'm like, you're wasting your family's good money on these like bozos. Um, and I'm like, we're never going to get at that point. We were maybe 50, 60 people. And I took them to about 700 until I said, you know, it's time to go across, literally across the street, had an office, no carpet, folding table. And I said, I'm going to keep you as a client, but I want to help other people. Right. So that what frustrated me is I would get an Eric in my office who would be awesome, but maybe didn't want to do finance or sales. And I have to put his resume in the shredder. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? This doesn't make sense. What I want to do is go build a business that if anyone good comes in front of me, I can find them a home. Right. Um, yeah. Did you start out? Really cool. Did you start out thinking that you're going to run your own show one day? No. Yeah. No. I read something about you being on the beach selling something. I was doing the telescopes at the beach. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a tough gig. Hey, a lot of running. You know, I, I've always been a hustler, right? Like, yeah. I don't need to get in the story. Born and raised in New York. And that, when you say a tough gig, this is before digital cameras. Digital cameras came. And we would sell these things for a dollar a piece. Yeah. And I'm 20. I turned 21 at the beach. So let's just say I'm 20. Driving <laughs> a brand new 5 Series Beamer. Oh, my God. $1,000 cash a summer. Right? Wow. And, at 18 and 19 years old, we're, here's the kicker, why people couldn't do it. We had to be up at seven and didn't get home till 11 or midnight, seven days a week. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, oh my God. I'm gonna make, if I'm gonna get paid, I'm gonna get paid. So our job yep. was to be on the beach at eight o'clock, run around like knuckleheads, <laughs> taking pictures of people, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I'll give you a story on, on why I did so good with that. Then we had to convince them to come buy them. And then we got a dollar a piece. So I would sell 30,000 freaking little viewfinders. Um, and I remember, nice. one, I remember one day someone's like, yo, why, how come all your people are showing up? Because it's free to take the picture. So yeah. I see Eric and his kids. I know, hey, I'm going to get you and the wife, but I'm going to really get the kids because then you're going to want to come and see it. But you still have to at night drive to 16th Street or walk there. And we used to call it, posting, right? How many of your people post? I would have a hundred percent of my people show up and everyone's wow. like, wow. I don't get it. Like average is 20. <laughs> and they're like, what are you doing? I said, Oh, I take a $20 deposit. They're like, no bullshit. I'm like, <laughs> I open up my camera bag and I dump like a thousand dollars out. And I said, if I'm going to be running up and down the beach on a hundred dollar day, taking a picture of your family, then you're paying me and that's, and you're going to come see him because I'm not out here for fun. Oh and, my God. What's funny is that's how I got my first job at New Day. The CEO heard a story. He heard that story. He's like, that's a hustler. That's someone, that's yeah. who I want. But he heard another story. I would keep a bike. I had 10 blocks and I would keep a bike on one of the blocks. So when I got, because you go against competition, there's another company. So when I got 10 blocks up, I'd hop on my bike, run down the boardwalk and come back up and he couldn't keep up. That's how I'd get, you know. Oh, so right that's awesome. Great use of technology there. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I mean, no digital cameras, no nothing, but they're like, how the hell 
are all your people showing up. It's free. I'm like, it's not free for me. And I dumped out a thousand dollars worth of, and if you didn't have money, I had the balls, which I mean to say, I'll hold on to your hat. I'll give it to you when you show up. Oh, <laughs> give me your driver's <laughs> license. So, like, <laughs> so I knew like I, I was distilled in me young. Okay. You, you got some New York hustle and you now, what are you going to do with it? Wow. No wonder yeah. you're getting in front of all these big names, man. Yeah, you're remember, hustling. Check this story out. This is great. Not to get off topic. But no, we love it. We love it. it was, and I'm saying it because it's like, so Preakness, I'm in college with my two roommates, Dan and Dean. Okay. Preakness is coming up. This is the way that my brain thinks. And I'm like, guys, and they were sort of the same way. I'm like, it says it's going to rain tomorrow. Everyone get in your car and hit every dollar store with an hour and buy every poncho, <laughs> two ponchos for a dollar. Two ponchos for one dollar. We all meet back at like 10 o'clock at night, had thousands. We sold them for $5 a poncho. We sold, I think, 2,000 of them in 15 minutes when we got to Preakness. We had stacks of with thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, and guess what happened? 20 minutes when it opened, the sun came out. Uh. I'm like, <laughs> People I'm, didn't I'm, care I'm, that they spent that five bucks, though. Oh, it was, I could have charged 10. Yeah. It was downpouring and everyone's selling beer. And, and everything else, and there's three college kids saying, Pancho is five bucks, two for 10, you know, whatever it was, sold out, um, all from saying, you know, how are we going to make money tomorrow? Let's hit the dollar store. And we bought every Pancho you could imagine within two hours. Your wow. friends must have loved you after that idea. It was all of ours, but it was, yeah. you know, I've always had that, how, how am I going to make my next money? And that's, you know, before we got on, we were talking about this new resume writing LinkedIn thing. And I see the market starting to come with coronavirus. I'm like, all right, I'm going to flip this on its head. I'm not just going to sit at home and, and cry. And we started nice. this, this resume writing, which is exploding, right? Mm -hmm. Because I knew there was going to be all these unemployed people. You know? Absolutely. Jeff, yeah. you, you posted something maybe a week ago or maybe a week and a half. Um, as soon as this thing kicked off, you said, you know, company what we're seeing is the resumes are dropping off dropping. but companies but companies are still hiring still hired and i keeps every day i bring it up to somebody let's just call on average we receive a thousand resumes a week okay sometimes we have 50 job postings sometimes we don't it all depends but on average it's a thousand a week we went down to nothing changed besides obviously the virus but nothing on our nothing we didn't we we keep our our spend is the same, like we have not taken our foot off the gas. Our resumes went from a thousand to about two hundred, right? And I'm like, how is this possible? There's thirty million, twenty eight million people unemployed, and the only thing I could think of, and I was on a board call last night and talking to people, are that a lot of people are being paid to sit on the sideline, right? And 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 That's when true. the PPP loan winds up coming in you actually have to hire that person back by June 30th or you have to pay that money back. So you can't really blame them. They're on the sideline playing video games. Why apply for a job? Yeah, you know, that's such short-sighted. I thought the resumes would go to 3000 a week. I mean, that that's short-sighted. I mean, once it's people, sad. once the floodgates open up, now you're going to be one of 
30,000, you sad. know, millions of people. It's sad. Unbelievable. Um, or, or look, I mean, I'm, I'm making up my theory. The other theory is they're like, who the hell is going to hire right now? Why apply? And that was my message. My message was don't think that way. I have three clients in Columbia alone that we're going to do 30, 30 placements for in April. We were having our best month ever this April. Um, and the reason why is every other recruiting company is like, ah, go take some time off. I'm like, hell no. I'm putting more money into ads and, and business development in April and May than I have my entire seven years in the company. Why? There's less noise on the internet. My bald head's going to be in front of everybody for less money. Harry's a fan of Yes, I am. And uh, <laughs> you got a good-looking bald head there, young man. Thanks, brother. You're going <laughs> to see it all over the place. I mean, you, you're, you can buy ad spend right now on social for pennies of what it was two months ago. And I'm like, if I can stay in front of everybody and I'm doing these free LinkedIn classes and everyone thinks I'm crazy, as soon as this thing, let's call June and July, goes the other way, you know who they're going to. Yeah, exactly. And the guy that was in front of them the whole time that everyone was at home bitching and crying. Right. But yeah. it's still shitty, but you know. You're making so let's the best say of there's it. No, let's say there's no coronavirus whatsoever in your experience. What do you, what's the top mistake do you see uh, job seekers make? They're old school, right? And what I mean by old school, they still, they still live by, you know, the piece of paper with their name on it. Um, and in this world, right, you have job seeker and then you have the company that has the job. And, you know, every time I say this, I get called out. I didn't make this shit up. Right. And LinkedIn put out something years ago and you could Google it. 80% of companies don't post jobs anymore because LinkedIn has changed the game that we know who our next hire is before you know that you're our next hire. And the biggest issue that I see, it's not their fault is they take a piece of paper and they go on job boards. Now remember, if 80% of the best companies out there are not posting jobs, right? You're applying to jobs. You're not seeing the good stuff. Right. So the biggest issue that I see, there's a lot of them, are people will send resume after resume and wait for a call. Now, when I got out of college in 2000, that was the only way to do it, right? The other way, which I did and, good, and people did, is you showed up in the office and you had your resume in a folder and you said, can you give this to HR, right? Well, nowadays it's click, click, you go in Indeed, you just click, right? And you know, they don't even know what the hell they're applying to. They just click, click, click until they get a call. And the mistake is companies want to see who's got it to come after them. My last three hires, first of all, I wasn't even looking for employees, right? I always tell people this. Nobody will turn down the next Michael Jordan. So if you knock on the door, whether it's a job post or not, and you're that good, especially in sales, they will carve out a spot for you, no doubt. So what I tell people to do is, first, you've got to have a little bit of a brand, but you don't have to, it's not like you got to be on LinkedIn, but go after, if I know Eric's hiring for his company, I'm going to write him a message that says, hey, I love your company. I've researched it. First of all, I got to know what I'm talking about. If you send a generic bullshit message, you're dead. Eric, love your background. Love what you're doing. I followed you. I checked this out. I think my energy and my passion will match exactly with what your company. Now, keep in mind, I don't know if he has a job open. 
right? And so what I tell people is go to LinkedIn, go to the companies you like, take a piece of paper. And you know why they don't do it? Gary V talks about this all the time. It's work. It's work. You actually uh, execute. Yeah. Like Gary says, I give all my shit away for free. For yeah. free, for free. But 90% of the people don't do it because it takes work, right? Right. So I say you got to get out a pen, you got to get a paper, and you got to literally have a spreadsheet of every name, every single person that you could think of, right? I want to work at Under Armour. Write down all the sales names, right? Boom. Now, next to it, you have to have notes where they went to school, right? Okay, do we have any connections together? The shit is real homework. It takes right. hours. But when I email Eric and say, hey, man, I saw that you were here for three years, by the way. My two friends we have shared together, Jimmy and Tom, I'm actually hand typing every single message that he knows I read his shit and it's not generic because I mentioned his name, where he lived, where he went, thank you for being a Marine, blah, blah, blah. When he reads that, the first things he thinks is this person took time, no doubt. Like this is not a generic. This was hand custom made for me. Yeah. And who the hell does that? I'm calling this guy, whether I have, so, so I get hundreds beyond, I'm probably at a thousand this week of in-mails in LinkedIn and say, can you help me find a job? I wish I could help everybody. What gets my attention when it says, Hey Jeff, go thousand tigers. You know, I saw, I looked at your profile. I love what you're doing. I saw that video you did with Grant. That was pretty cool. I'm a big fan. First thing I write back, I say, let me know when you, when you can catch up. Why? Because I respect the hustle that they took time. And the biggest yeah. mistake, going back to Eric, is the generic shooting resumes over the fence or the generic LinkedIn message. Yeah. Right? Like, it's actually, and Eric nailed it, 90% won't do it because I could click on 100 resumes in 30 seconds, right? Or I could spend probably 10 hours to gather all this data, write these emails, and custom make it. But people, what people don't realize, if I custom make an email, the, the average person's going to respect the hustle. And although they may not pick up the phone for me, they may not even want to have a conversation. But one of the best emails you can get is, Jeff, I appreciate the message. Thank you. I'm not the guy. You need to talk to Jimmy Smith in HR. Now, I email Jimmy Smith attached to that email saying, hey, Eric said you're the guy I need to talk to. And I'm in. Right. But everyone's too lazy. It sounds like you're taking a sales approach to 100%. being recruited. 100%. And all I'm asking, and, and, and too many people have diarrhea of the mouth. They want to talk about why they're the greatest, greatest, great. Like, I don't have time for that shit. Yeah. Right. Nobody does. What you want to say is, I read about your company and your culture. I believe I'm a perfect fit. And I can bring value to your company. I would love to discover if that's true. Don't tell me that you sold every, like I'm so, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm the number one guy. Great. I'll, I'll figure that out. Yeah. Why are you looking for a job? Number uh, one guy. To answer your question, the biggest, is, the biggest mistake are people rush. They don't take their time. And I call it pride of ownership. They don't take pride in the ownership of looking for a job. They just hit a button. Yeah. Right. And I'm telling you, my last three hires, I wasn't even hiring. I was always open to hire. I'll never turn sure. to Michael Jordan. Right. But one of the guys came in and delivered his resume and said, I know you're busy, but I'm going old school because why? The key to the game these days is I have to capture your attention. He got I my love attention. It. 
Yeah. Right there, I said, dude, take a seat. Where I have awesome. thousands of emails that I can't get to, guy shows up. I'm like, Jeff, someone's here. I'm like, oh, shit, they're here to sell me a copier. <laughs> <laughs> he walks in. He says, I've watched all your videos. I know, I think, enough about you that you'll respect this. Here's my resume. Handwritten cover letter. I was like, dude, take a seat. Let's talk, right? Um, so if you're out there looking for a job, you can do the easy approach. We're all at quarantine. We all have plenty of time. The more you do and the better you do makes your stock, I call it pride of ownership. Take pride of what you do. Dude, I talked to quite a few uh, leaders, mainly sales leaders and some company owners, small company owners. The theme across usually is, I'm, my biggest challenge is finding, finding good people. What's the question? Across the board, I'm hearing that companies are having a tough time finding quality people. Yeah, I mean, I think that'll change now. Um, but let's mm -hmm. go pre-corona. There, uh, there was an article that said there's more jobs than people that actually qualify. Not than people. Like, people go apeshit when I say this. There's more <laughs> jobs than those that actually qualify. Um, and it was true. I mean... We had a very hard year. We had a great year, but we couldn't just go on LinkedIn and find the next good salesperson because I call it the golden handcuffs. Everybody was overpaying because the way they thought about it is, I'm going to give you an extra, I'm going to overpay you 5000 a year just so you don't leave because the amount of time it's going to take if you leave for me to go out, pay a recruiter, do interviews, train you, teach you the culture, I'd rather pay you 20 grand more. Sure. I've always said this, you can go back to every interview. This goes back two years. I said, I'm loving it. I almost hope it doesn't change. But when this shit corrects, people are going to get destroyed, right? Like I, I do a lot of stuff in the mortgage world where an average processor, I'm just making up numbers and I respect them all, might be 50K. But rates are low, you can't get them. They're, they're making a hundred grand. And I said, the second that this all goes to hell, these people used to making that it's going to correct. And you're not making a hundred anymore. Um, and that's what we're seeing now. And I can tell you this, it sounds shitty. No company in the world wants to go through what we're going through. Nobody, but I'm going to tell you something. They are taking advantage of this and making those corrections. Now, everyone that was overpaid, it's the perfect time to lay them off. I'm watching it happen, guy. I'm like, literally, it sounds shitty. Oh, it's right? happening. Hey, our, 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 our team is overpaid. What a better time to cut comp because we have to. So it's not us. We're not right. assholes. It's the environment to bring them back to reality. So there's companies out there that I'm, I'm getting calls saying, hey, my, my company, I still have a job. I actually have literally last night, this morning, one guy I'm trying to get a job for, he said, my company um, kept me, but they cut my comp and moved me to sales. And I said, thank the Lord, you still have a job. Right. I yep. said, thank the Lord. And he gets it. And I said, you know what? They just put you back to where you should have been a couple of years ago, but shit was so crazy that everyone just had to up. Uh, look, I run a recruiting firm. I'm paying more of a split than any company in the world, literally, because I just want my guys to be happy and make money. If there was ever a time for me to adjust, it's now because I know they can't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Good news. If you're watching guys, I'm not going to mess with you, but that's what's happening. Right? So even the companies that don't have to let people go, 
they're taking advantage of making the correction in the market that we've been talking about coming for years. And how can you complain? I still have a job, but they cut me. They cut my comp 30%, but I got a job. Exactly. I think a lot of people are thinking that, that way, right? That's awesome advice. I mean, you, you, you totally see uh, what's going on. I mean, we hear it all the time in our world. You know, it's so hard to find good people. And yet, you know, because why would people leave? Is there, I mean, if they have a job, they're getting overpaid. Overpaid. Right. And by the way, I don't say that. I think everyone's worth like, you pay me a million, I'm, I'm going to be happy. Of course. But, yeah. But companies, you know, so I'll give you this. Two years ago, if I had companies, their goalpost was this wide, right? You need this GPA, you need college degree. It went yeah. to this, it went to this, it went to this. It got to the point where, you know, Eric may not want to hear this. They threw the assessments out the window because they couldn't get the people that they liked. Then they threw the college degree out the window. I'm, guys, I'm being dead serious. Yeah. Then they threw background check out the window, you know, because we got to get, and, and maybe not the criminal, but the, <laughs> who cares if they smoke marijuana? Everyone right. goes bang, bang, yeah. bang. And the problem is that went to this now. So the yeah. average job seeker who just walked around like a hotshot, and I talk about this all the time, they don't, it's not their fault. They don't know what a real job process is. Because it was like, yo, Eric, I love what you're doing. What are you making? Cool. Add 30% to that. Start Monday. I'm in. Let's roll. Now they're like, holy crap. So I'm spending a lot more time having these real calls with people. And like Eric said, I don't sugarcoat it, right? The first right. thing I tell when I'm talking to a hotshot sales guy or girl is it's not time to be a hotshot. Yeah. I don't give a shit what you did a year ago, right? You didn't have to look for a job. Now you do. Um, and, and there's some competition, right? 30 million new people looking yeah. for a job. So how does that go over when you uh, have that one, one, one conversation like that? I'm a dick for five minutes. <laughs> and then, and then they're like, dude, you know what? Thank the Lord. Someone had the guts to break yeah. me down. Thank you. And I say, I say, listen, man, <clears throat> I get so many emails. Can you help me? And my new thing is this, I will help you if you're open to the truth but I'm not going to give you all the fluff that all these other coaches give you because they're not in the trenches placing people. I am. Mm -hmm. So if you have thick skin, let's talk. If you don't, let's not waste your time or my time. And that's every, and then of course they say, Oh yeah, I want to hear it. So when I get on the phone and I say, I said, listen, this isn't you, you didn't do anything wrong. You're living in this craziness world where people didn't even do job interviews. Right. It was, hey, we, Eric said you were good. We love you on the team. Here's what, what are you making now? hundred? All right, we could do a 130 company car. All right, I'll be there Monday. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And plus you didn't, you couldn't have an interview process because you didn't want to lose a candidate. Craziness. By the way, I wish it never ended because it was fun, but, but it, it was tough to find good people. Not that there weren't good people. You can't, they're like, why am I leaving? I'm overpaid. I got a company car and I work four hours a day. So if I can ask you a question regarding millennials, you still work with a ton of millennials? Uh, my team does, yeah. I okay. Know, yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's been uh, some thought as far as millennials never saw it really tough and blah, blah, blah. What do you think this will do for that, that generation? I, I don't buy into that. I think the ones I know are some of the hardest working people there are. Um, okay. to be honest with you. Yeah, it's fair. Um, you, you know, know better than I do. Yeah. Um, I, I've always thought like, you know, look, either you got it or you don't. 
Mm-hmm. Right. There's 40 year olds that are lazy. There's 40 year old mm-hmm. hustlers. There's 60 lazy, 50 lazy fit. You know what I mean? So yep. I don't buy yep. into it. I do buy into the fact that as they got to college, right. The teachers aren't allowed to tell you what they really feel anymore. Right. I always say the reason millennials get screwed a little bit is everyone's scared to tell you the truth because of these things. And you're going to put me on Instagram and get me right. Fired. Right. <laughs> and, and the worst part about it is when I went to school, we'll just start here. The career center was real. The career centers at these schools are the biggest dog shit jokes, not the people there, the career mm-hmm. centers. Okay. Why? Explain. Because yeah. You can't sit down and say, dude, your resume is awful. You look like shit. No one's going to hire you with a beard out to here and your hair in these braids. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, because they're scared. Whoa. You couldn't say that. Right. So I say it. Right? Um, yeah. And, and they love it and they appreciate it. Yeah. Right. So I think the millennials get screwed by, you know, you could say everyone gets a free trophy and all that. And that's fine. But, but it's, it's people are scared to tell them because God forbid in high school, you tell the students, sit the hell down. We're here. Whoa. What'd you say? I got you on tape. You're fired. Right. Right. So, you know, that's where they've gotten screwed. They don't get a life lesson. And I go talk to a lot. I talk to a lot of groups of kids about to graduate. It's my only real interaction with them. And it starts out by me saying, nobody gives a shit about you anymore. Meaning no one cares how many yards you passed. No one cares um, that you were homecoming. Nobody and you are about to get your ass whooped when you go into this real world if you don't snap out of it real quick because companies won't baby you. Yeah. And I think they get screwed in school. I think they get screwed in school. And that's why, right, a lot of people want athletes, right? I, I, remember, I remember talking to this uh, sorority. This was years ago. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, well, everyone wants the athlete. And one girl's like, oh, you know, the dumb jocks, right? I'm like, so I said, time out. I said, when is the last time you didn't go home for Christmas, spring break, or have a summer break? When is the last time you had to wake up at four to hit study hall so you could be at practice at six? Right? I made her feel like a stupid dumbass. Cause she yeah. was, and, and all of a sudden I say, now you know why want, everyone wants athletes. It's not that I throw a football far. It's all yeah. the other shit I did while the regular college kid didn't have to do anything. Sure. Um, and their coaches will not baby them. Mm-hmm. Career center will never tell you the truth because they're scared. Interesting. Yeah. So I think that they're screwed. And then when they hit the real world, they're just like paralyzed because Oh, absolutely. Jeff, you know, the market's going to get flooded sooner or later with just a ton of candidates coming in. What advice do you have in your expertise? How do they get to stand out? Because eventually, if you have a line out the door of people that decided to just come visit you with their resume, that's going to get old too, right? So one thing I've seen you do extremely well is you're getting noticed. There's thousands and thousands of recruiting companies out there but I don't see them on LinkedIn marketing themselves and their brand the way you do. You're taking a true sales approach and a marketing approach and combining it. There's a couple of things to that, right? The one is I go back to my first meeting with Gary Vaynerchuk when he says, 
I believe in you and I hope you actually execute, but 99% of the people won't, right? So there, there are some really good recruiting companies out there, right? This goes back to the homework we talked about selling the career seekers, right? If you're going to build a brand for yourself, it's every single day, nonstop. Every single day, nonstop. I get so many people say, oh my God, this and that. And my first message back to them, if I know them, is yeah, but I've been doing this every day for five years, right? Like I started with zero followers. Yes, I get millions of views now, but for two years I had zero. But the only difference is, the only difference is I got up the next day and did it again. And then I got up again. And then I got up again. And the, and the biggest the biggest, biggest thing for these companies is they do it. It's fun for a week. And then they're like, mm -hmm. dude, this is a lot of work. I mean, your podcast, it's a lot of work. Yeah, we're thinking about stopping. <laughs> oh, we are not. <laughs> Shut up. Um, you know, Lewis Howell, he had this great thing and he comes up to the LinkedIn world. He's like, if you're not committed to doing a podcast, don't do it, right? Because it's a lot of work. A lot and the of work. only way to get your podcast from where we are now to thousands of followers to Apple and all this shit, no matter how many people are watching this today or tomorrow, is to just never stop. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I, I think that there's really good recruiting companies out there. There's two things I think, and I kind of know. The big ones can't get out of their own way. They're old and crusty, and I'm not being <laughs> mean. Like I, like, I respect the hell out of them. Or they can squash me like a cockroach, but they're too big to move on the dime. Mm -hmm. Oh, our recruiters want to grab their phone and do a video of what job openings we have. Let's run it through the board. We'll be back in a year. Right. By then I'm off. Yeah. Um, and then when they do it, they realize, oh my God, like everyone wants to catch viral. It ain't going to happen. You know, I, you know, you hear a lot of people say, I'd rather not go viral and have a hundred posts, have a thousand likes, and one have five million. So, from a company standpoint, they don't they quit, right? If I'm a student and I want to get noticed, I don't know if posting on LinkedIn all day is going to do it. What I would do if I was a student, and I've seen people do this, is I would utilize um, I will utilize uh, video resume. Companies cannot ask for it because there's too much gray area of discrimination. Oh, they saw that I had a bald head. They don't want me. Well, so they can't ask. But I'm telling you, if you send me a video on why you're good, I'm, if I don't like you, it's because I don't think you're good. But if you're good, you're in front of me. And I got, I remember I was doing this thing for Grant Cardone. Uh, last like November and we need to fill like 40 seats and this one guy who is a car salesman we just kept missing each other I wasn't trying to ignore him I wake up on a five o'clock on a Saturday I'm a gym guy me and Eric and uh, man do I miss lifetime but I wake oh. up I wake up and I see that I got a uh, it was like a text but it was through my work and I hit it and it said, hey, Jeff, you can't ignore me now. I'm right in your face. And he gave me his pitch. I called him at 5.30. I said, that was genius, brother. You got me. <laughs> Great. Um, you have to stand out. And to Eric's point, standing out 
doesn't mean sending me a message on LinkedIn. That's old. Yeah. What, now, now, what it could mean is get my phone number, call me. Right? That, that's different. Um, but one of the things I tell people is, is take your LinkedIn page and put video. Because if you email me for a job and I'm interested, I'm going right to your page, right? And I'm going yeah. to check you out. But if you have video on there and it's, hey, my name is Jeff Martin. Here's why I think I'm an asset to your company. And it's good. You've got my attention. Video is the key. So this is like professional grade video, would you say? No, grab your phone. Hey, right? Like th these are professional yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I agree. Give me a 30 second you know, it's funny, Grant Cardone, he's still one of those guys that I love him. He's like, you want to get hired? Send me a video on why you're good. Yeah. I'm not going to judge you on how you look, but let me tell yeah. you something. If you can't flow and you can't speak, you're not coming to sell for me. That's funny. I sent a video to someone today. It's a good thing. Yeah, Eric. Right? So true. And you can't flow and you're not good at communication and your video is choppy and you're scared to film yourself by yourself yeah. and you think I'm going to let you talk to a million dollar client. Fuck that. It ain't going to happen. So, you know, if you're a candidate sending your resume in is doo doo. I don't care if you're 21 or 51, right? If you're going to write an email, take time to know everything about the, Hey man, I saw that you went to Towson after that you had something that was awesome. By the way, I know Jimmy as well. I'm also attaching a video. I don't know if, you know, You'll even look at it, but I want, to, and then I had a video last week from a guy, a video stopped me. It's almost like text messages. The open rate is 90%, right? Email marketing, the open rate of 17% is high. Yeah, that's, that sounds like it's high. Right? Video is the same thing. If you send me a video via LinkedIn, I'm 100% going to open it because I want to see what you got. Um, and some guy the other day said, hey, Jim, Hey, you know, I'm trying to get you on my podcast. So, and I'm like, he got me. At least you got, you got, I heard you. Doesn't mean I want to buy from you or listen, but, but I heard you. And then me personally, they get the respect of an email back because I know what that took to do that. Yeah. it's awesome. Out of your comfort zone. It takes time. You got to put it together. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Jeff, people like if I was listening to the show right now, I'd, one question that keeps going through my mind is why did Gary V meet with you? Because at the point, so for those who don't know, I mean, me and you, I would consider you a friend. We've met at the yeah. gym, part of the 5 a.m. crew at the gym. It's a very thin crew. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're in, you're out, you do your thing and you're all business. And then we connected on LinkedIn. You got me hooked up with New Day USA back then. Since then, I saw you just randomly one day start taking walks in the parking lot and recording yourself. So everything you're saying you've been through, this isn't some bullshit you picked up in a magazine. I've seen you go through this oh, yeah. and you, you just start talking, giving advice, talking about what you had going on. And man, and, let me tell you something. It feels really weird. Still does. <laughs> it does. We're getting hairy into that. Like in the past week, he's becoming an expert. So, so I'll answer your first question. I started putting content out on LinkedIn before you were allowed to do video. Right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and let's just go back like literally five years, really, uh, probably four. I started putting out edgy just thoughts versus the average boring stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But then 
I was taking video, uploading it to YouTube, and then you could you could put that link there. And nobody was thinking to do it. They were like, what is this kid doing? Um, and Gary, one of Gary's people, um, guy by the name of David, saw, saw that. And Gary, when I met with him, the first thing he said is, I've always been fascinated by recruiting, right? And everyone asks why I don't open a recruiting company. At that point, I'm thinking, all right, we got, we got to do something here. Um, and then, so I went up, met him, and then he saw a video I did with Justin Tucker. And at this point, he was starting a company called Vayner Sports, yeah. which has actually exploded to where he goes out and, and gives athletes good deals and becomes the agent. And he was shocked that here's this recruiter kid who's way ahead of the game, who's, who's using back then, back then it wasn't even called influencers, right? It was real video. And he's like, get this kid up here. Let's chat. And, you know, we probably met five or six times and a lot of it was about recruiting and how to make it better and what you're doing different. And, you know, there was a couple meetings that I'll, that I'll never forget. And, and that was who cares who's listening and watching, put the content out. And, and I still remember, he says, I know how weird and shitty it feels walking around with a selfie stick. <laughs> right? um, I still feel weird to this day, but I can tell you this. Because, um, I used to pull up to the course where I play golf at and everyone would tease me. There's video boy. There's video boy. I mean, friendly, friendly teasing. And I just shut my mouth and kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And, and now it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. How do, how do you do videos? Jeff, it's from the same people, you exactly. know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's still uncomfortable, right? Like, I mean, I was in New York right before this and literally like there was homeless people at six in the morning. And if they were staring at me, I felt uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> seriously. I'm like, Man, let me it is uncomfortable. They, they uh, may think poorly of you. <laughs> and, then, and then I got over, I got over, I got over most of that. And a lot of my content is a, a camera guy following me around. And I just, I don't even see him anymore. Oh, um, but you're still talking? Oh, yeah. So he's following you around and you're just talking to, all right, cool. I'm talking to him, but like, I, I don't see anybody else around me. Like there is no, it, it took two years to like not feel, I'm not going to use the word he used, but like, like a, <laughs> a weirdo. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right? And, and I remember I, I just posted, the, I did an episode with him over Christmas. And he's like, so it's a brand now, right? And, and I totally got what he meant. He goes, all this led to it's a brand now. And I said, Gary, the best feeling in the world, right? Like all this work and now it's a brand. Dude, I am so inspired by those words. Because I've been just, time, man. I've been doing this now for uh, maybe uh, two weeks, right? Yeah. And I, I feel like a bumbling idiot. I do like 73 takes uh, before I uh, launch one. And then, uh, you know, but your uh, encouragement of just do it regardless. Just do it every day. I just Who love cares, it. Right? The yeah. People, I got laughed at. I have haters, which you have, if you don't have haters, you're doing something wrong. I don't have haters and, yet, and but I want them. <laughs> all I care about is if I believe it's good content, I'll put it out there. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I'll do 
and this was a video that again I remember it was me and I brought my buddy up to meet Gary and it was all about don't beat up like if someone doesn't agree with me I don't respond oh you're stupid ass right what I say is hey I would really like to understand a little bit more why you think that way Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change the way I feel but I at least respect you and your opinion it took me a long time to get there because the Jeff Martin sort of the Bronx, New York area, his first year would curse you out on there. <laughs> Seriously. And by the way, I still want to do that all the time. Of course. I have to realize, nah, it's not the way to do it. Right. right. So just be prepared for that. Totally and, get it. And right before I, I send a nasty message, I then switch to, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I respect the way. And then you make them feel this big. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, this is a good kid. Yeah. Jeff, you say content and I hear, you know, I hear Gary Vee say that as well. So for just a regular, you know, with your expertise for a regular candidate that wants to get into sales or sales leadership, what type of content should they be putting out? So I would say two things. One, um, what are you selling? Right. You know, so if I'm selling technology, I'm, let's, let's talk HR. I just got off the phone with a buddy who sells uh, HR software and platform, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know that you're the expert in what you do. So a lot of that's going to be around what you sell, but you don't necessarily want to get on and sell it. You want to talk about how it could change lives, right? So I always say, listen, you want to sell HR. You want to sell me HR platform. You can't go online. It's nothing exciting to say, hey, our platform's the best. You could throw that in on every 30th video. What you want to do is give me tips that I don't know to follow you. So, you know, hey, did you guys know that um, if you hire somebody from the military, you get this sort of write-off and you can apply it here? Oh, okay. 99% don't give a shit. Then the next day, hey, did you know on the PPP loan, you can roll over this and take this money and not pay it back? I'm never selling my software. Like Gary would say, jab, 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 punch, right? I'm just giving right. knowledge about the business. And when I go on recruiting, I talk every day about how to get a job. How to, I never once, ever, have posted, come use me, I'm the best recruiter, ever, zero times. And this goes back to Gary. I remember, I never posted this. I remember being in a meeting with him. My buddy was next to me, and I kept saying, yeah, I'm the best at this. And, I want, and he goes, time out. This was on camera. He goes, cut the shit with you're the best. Right. He goes, cut that shit. No one wants to hear it. The market will determine who's the best. Oh my God. That's brilliant. Right. So he's like, you have all these people on LinkedIn. They're a book writer. I'm a public speaker. I'm the best. This I'm the number one, this right. The market will determine you can write that, but if you ain't making all the money and no one, you know, right. You're not the best. And that changed me because I've never got online and ever said, use my company, my team's the best, we're better than anybody else. All I do is give free knowledge about recruiting, free not, you know, or, or advice. You have some really good thought-provoking tips, I got to tell you. And then it comes mm-hmm. back, right? And, and, and this goes back again. I mean, you know, I was lucky to have some time with Gary. I'm not scared. This is what, this is what, this is the major difference between me and my competitors. Who, by the way, I train recruiters, so I can't not like them, is that 
I'm not scared to get on and publicly promote my clients. Mm -hmm. There's not another recruiter in the world that will do that because they're scared. The second I say I recruit for WB Mason nationwide, that every recruiter is going to go attack them. Here's why I'm not scared. I do a hell of a good job. So does my team. And I bring them so much more than recruiting, LinkedIn training, free, all this. If I come to your shop and I do a video, millions of people will see it. If I'm up with Ryan Serhan, I can get him to say something about you. So what I do is I'm going to promote you. And I say, Eric, I'm a recruiter that goes online and says why you're good. And I'm not scared because I'm not going to lose you. And if I do lose you, then I'm taking away all that extra bonus shit. And you're just going to have the average recruiter. Um, and that's where, you know, I'm different. And if I'm out there with a product, I wouldn't be scared to give it all away. You know, give every day. Let me tell you what, what, you know, another tip of the day, tip every day. So every time I meet with financial advisors, right, I would be the number one financial advisor in the universe <laughs> if I was a financial advisor, because I would every day have a tip of the day by Jeff. And I would give you some sort of knowledge that you were like, holy shit, I didn't know you could roll over a 401k tax deductible, do that. I'm making shit up. And eventually it may take two years, but when that first person's ready for a financial advisor, he's going to the ball head guy that's always giving away free advice. That's brilliant, man. That's such good advice. I, I cannot imagine. It blows my mind besides Sir because he's doing a good job and his team is pushing, but still hard. How realtors aren't on LinkedIn every day talking about the business. There's none of them. I would be every single day because you know what that's going to do? Eventually, when I go to list a house, I'm like, yo, I want that guy that's always online because he's got a bigger yeah. audience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's it. But you know why they don't do it's it? work, baby. Well, you know what? It's uh, for me personally because I was on Facebook for years before I started posting videos on LinkedIn. And it was that fear of what will my potential clients or what will clients think of me? I don't want them to see me in a t-shirt. I have to be professional. And honestly, I'm like, fuck that. This is me. They get me. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give them a hundred percent. And, um, the ones that don't connect with me, that they're just not my people anyway. So yeah, I had, I had an issue with that this year and it actually taught me a lesson. Um, you know, I like learning lessons. I was doing a rah, rah for a big client and I dropped way too many F-bombs. Now, by the way, when I go in to do these things, I do it for the people there. I don't think of cameras. Like, I don't care that there was three camera crews there filming me. I was giving the people in the seat what they wanted, a little raw Jeff Martin. But then too much of it got out. And I looked at it, and I'm like, do I really need to say all the F words to get my message across? Like, like it was me looking in the mirror. And then I went to other people I respected, and they're like, I get why you do it. It fires them up, but it doesn't bring more value. And I posted it and I got in trouble. You posted what? I posted and I didn't realize it was a lot of F that like it was, it was actually like me saying like it was stupid. Like I didn't need to do all that. I ruined good content by trying to be a little Gary Vayish and a board member was like, what the hell is that? And at first I got all, what are you talking about? It's me. I went back and, and I watched. And I'm like, I don't need to do that. Now I will keep it real. Like I don't, you know, 
if I say one or two, that that's me. But I was overboard. So I, I, I do have to watch a little bit um, of what I say or how I do it just because of the amount of clients I have. And because I'm so vocal about who my clients are, right, I don't want to do something to where it's like, wait a minute, Jeff's in trouble for saying this. How can we let him publicly say he works for us? So I've definitely toned it down a little bit. But I realized you could still get the message across without having an F-bomb every minute. You've, you've definitely made your message very clear with us. And yeah, and this was January. It was, it was a great learning experience. I was like, there, I, I got really pissed at first. I got a call from a university. And it was a pretty big university. They wanted me to be their keynote speaker, which was canceled. It was like March 30th. Thousands of people, all the donors. And the guys like, is we love your videos. Is there any way that the clean version can come? And I said, absolutely. But let me tell you something. A month before that, I say no. Really? I swear to God, they would. So I, I did a, a month before that, had two speaking engagements, big ones too, like paid. And I said, guys, if I have to alter who I am, get somebody else. And, and, and they were good. And I never thought that, you know, and they got it and it was the right environment. But then I realized, okay, if I'm going in to a Catholic school, which it was, I do have to alter it. Sure. Yeah. But, but before then, be, before I got into the, not hot water, but slapped on the wrist, I would have said, no, then I don't want to do it. And I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah. yeah. I'll just alter what I do. I can get my message across without being a punk ass who has to curse. <laughs> so my, my content on Instagram, I have maybe 100,000 followers. I haven't cursed on it in a year. Amazing stuff. We could listen to you for all day, easily. <laughs> Here's my message before we go, right? This is what I tell everybody. Everyone has ideas. Eric knows where I'm going. You got to execute. Cut the shit of dreaming about it. And, you know, I can show you all these papers I have here. These are all my notes today of all these things I want to do. But guess what? The difference between me and a lot of you is when we get off this, I'm executing. Yeah. I'm calling the people that are going to help me. I came up with this resume thing. I call Eric. He was actually in my office, right? Remember that day? 10 minutes mm -hmm. later, I have the lady building my funnel. It's called execute. So whether you're looking for a job or you're sitting at home because as crazy as this sounds, there's never been a better opportunity to start a company than right now. You're at home. You're bored out of your mind. By the way, go Google what started in 08 and 09 in the collapse. The Ubers, Stripe, Venmo, like like crazy shit, right? I, yeah. I don't think it was Venmo. Uh, Airbnb or whatever the home one is. Like, yeah. There's never been a better time because you have time. The issue is you don't make money with the idea in your head. No. Uh, that's such a great point. Before we let you go, Jeff, what legacy are you leaving behind? Oh, man, I don't know yet. Um, I, don't think I, I don't think I figured that out yet. Um, I think I'll build a company that's going to wind up doing some digital stuff for the recruiting space. But I think the legacy will be the guy that got on the phone with every single person and just gave the real truth. I'm not like, I have a video that says, I'm not here to make friends, but I'm going to tell you the truth and it may hurt you, right? So I'm just straight up. My legacy is going to be the guy that, you know, from a work standpoint that just gave, like told you the truth. That's freaking awesome. So how our listeners, if they want to get in touch with you, 
if they want to find out more about, you know, recruiting, LinkedIn, marketing, get their resumes updated, what's the best way to go? I would say probably find me on LinkedIn and send me a message, right? Um, my email, we can put it on here. My email is jeff at universityrecruiters.com. Send me an email. Awesome, Jeff. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and uh, it, hanging bro. out with you us. You are amazing. Keep going, man. Don't stop this. We won't. People, too many people do podcasts and then they quit. Don't quit. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. All right, my man. From here to there, you're going to grow because you've listened to our show. If you like our podcast vibe, don't be a stranger. Hit subscribe. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to join the B2B Sales Secrets Facebook group and we'll see you on the next episode.